This is Hearts of Oak Podcast. Free speech, religious disagreement, children's rights, and open and free discussion on any topic are bedrock to a democratic free society, and we seek to promote and champion these basic rights. Join us. Let's keep the conversation going. And hello, Hearts of Oak. Thank you once again for joining us for another interview. And as this is a pre-record, a few days before, you may be listening on Podbean or any podcasting app of your choice as well as watching. And it is an absolute honor to have Steve Kirsch join us today. Steve, thank you for your time. Peter, great to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. I've thoroughly enjoyed your Substack articles. Um, I think it was probably that dark horse interview where I came across you, but we'll get into maybe some of those. Uh, you can get Steve's details. He is on Getter, um, so you can follow him on there and on Substack, stevekirsch.substack.com. All the links will be in the description to our, for our viewers and our listeners. Um, uh, I'll just give a, an overview. Steve is a, a philanthropist, executive director of COVID-19 Early Treatment Fund and Vaccine Safety Research Foundation. And one thing I've really enjoyed speaking to individuals who've, I think, pushed back on the, the COVID narrative. There are so many backgrounds. We've talked to musicians, to journalists, to those in sports, medicine, um, and they all have a different tale, kind of how they came to where they were. Um, Steve, your background as a, a tech entrepreneur is is actually different from most people we've spoken to anything on this subject. So maybe I could ask you to take a moment or two and introduce yourself to our audience before we get into the topic. Sure. I'm, I'm the lone tech entrepreneur who is anti, <laughs> anti-vaccine here. I, and I didn't always, uh, I wasn't always this way. I was not born to be an anti-vaxxer or a misinformation spreader. I grew up, I had a relatively normal childhood. <laughs> I was a successful, I went to MIT, I got a couple of degrees. The uh, Auditorium in Electrical Engineering and Computer Science at MIT is named in my honor. Wow. And um, I've uh, built uh, a whole bunch of uh, high-tech companies in Silicon Valley. I've had a couple of billion-dollar uh, startups, well, startups that went to a billion-dollar uh, market cap. And uh, I was uh, doing my latest startup when, when COVID hit. And uh, I was told that the best way to end the pandemic, the fastest way to end the pandemic, uh, would be to uh, use the... Uh, 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 repurpose drugs. And so investigate using existing drugs uh, for treating COVID. It's fastest, cheapest, safest way to end the pandemic. So I uh, put a million dollars of my own money into that, raised another five million, and uh, we funded a, a bunch of trials, ended up discovering a bunch of drugs that worked, uh, but the FDA didn't want to approve any of them under EUA, even though they were clearly beneficial. I was thought that something the, was that the COVID early treatment fund. Yes, the the yeah. COVID nineteen early treatment fund, yeah. and uh, then I, I but I still trusted the FDA because the FDA has this long history of being like super uh, uh, vigilant about the safety of drugs, and so I thought when they approved the uh, vaccine that would just give me an extra layer of protection, and then I found out from my friends. Uh, who had either been killed or injured uh, 
many of whom have been killed and injured by the vaccine, um, that there wasn't as safe as uh, they were telling us. And so I started looking at the data myself directly, and I, I basically put my job on hold and started looking at the data. And unlike a lot of people, I have the skills, I have the statistical skills, the mathematical skills, um, the scientific skills to to look at the data. And, and plus, I had the experience. I've been funding medical research for 20 years. So it's not like uh, this was a new thing for me. So I looked at the studies. I looked at the data. I looked at Vera's data. I talked to uh, doctors. There was no question. There was no question at all that these vaccines were not safe and that uh, we've been lied to. So I started speaking out. So May 25th, I wrote an article for uh, Trial Site News, 285-page article, and it uh, went viral. Uh, and my scientific advisory board at the COVID-19 Early Treatment Fund all quit. Wow. wow. Right? Within a week after I wrote that article. There was no discussion. <laughs> no. No. And in fact, I asked them, I said, well, maybe I got it wrong. You know, could, could you guys, uh, like, t tell me how I got it wrong? And they said, no. No, never, never talk to us again. Wow. Don't email us. Take us off your website. Remove us from your videos on the COVID-19 Early Treatment Fund. We do not want to be associated with you at all. We want to end all associations. We never want anyone to ever know we had any associations with you. Wow. That's how science works. But the, yeah, I mean, these, these are top scientists. They basically, look, if you go against the narrative, I don't care what your data is, you're an evil person and we don't want to be associated with anyone who goes against what the narrative is, even if you're right. But so, I mean, that was back then because I assume as an outsider looking in that you could have a conversation beforehand, but actually when... COVID-19 appeared suddenly, there were restrictions what you could and could not say. But that pushback was even before you were told you couldn't question it. Is that correct? Yes. That pushback was way before hmm. they really clamped down. Uh, because basically, we were, we were just starting to speak out. And then, of course, they realized that, oh, re it's really bad if doctors are speaking out about this. So we got to make sure that we keep doctors in line and that nobody speaks against the narrative. Everybody has to be on, on point here. Otherwise they're going to, you know, figure this out <laughs> and we're going to look bad. I mean, we'll look really bad. We mandated this for people. We don't want to look bad. Uh, let's make sure everybody is on point and everybody realizes that the vaccines are safe and effective, even if they're not. Now, what I found was really, really interesting is I thought that there were a lot of people at the CDC and the FDA and the drug companies who know these vaccines are not safe and not effective. But what I found from insiders, and I've got um, uh, inside, an insider that works at one of the drug companies, an insider that works at the CDC, and uh, what I, and what I found was these people are all blue pilled who work at these companies, right? Because you're not, if if you're red pilled, you quit. Hmm. So the only people left 
at these companies, uh, at the CDC, and even at our unnamed drug company, it's either Pfizer or Moderna, Hmm. uh, are people who truly believe that they are doing God's work here and are saving humanity. These people truly are bought into it. And what's interesting, the the other thing that, that I learned is that once you're bought into this narrative, you ignore hmm. all the data that is contrary to your belief system. And so you're totally insulated. It's It's the perfect situation. And this is why they go after doctors who are counter-narrative because they don't want to hear any counter data. So they think it's totally safe. Mm-hmm. It's like with Grace Lee. He, she's head of the ACIP committee, which is the outside committee of the CDC for approving the drug. So mm-hmm. the CDC is supposed to get um, counsel, uh, get it approved by their outside committee as a double check to make sure that uh, they're putting something on the market that's been approved by an outside group. You know, it's so they're, they, they don't just have this, uh, you know, group think inside the CDC, which they do. Mm-hmm. And the outside group, I tried to get the attention of the, the chair of that outside group, Professor Grace Lee at Stanford University, and she would have nothing of it. Uh, she ignored my uh, emails. She ignored my text messages. So I showed up at her house, which is. I've watched where, the video. <laughs> yeah. Which is, which is actually her place of work because, yeah. she, because I tried to get her at Stanford and they said, oh no, she's never in the office. Hmm. So, so, you know, I'm basically showing up at her work to say, Hey, <laughs> can we talk? And she didn't answer the door. And so I, st- I wrote a note and I, put it on the hook on, on her door. And I said, Hey, do you want to see the Israeli data? Yes or no? Um, give me a call. Here's my, here's my name and number. And, uh, and I said, it's really important, but it's a public safety issue. Uh, as I'm walking away, I'm greeted by two cops who asked me, why are you here? How do you know Dr. Lee? Mm. What did she last say to you? I said, you, Mr. Kirsch, you have three minutes. That's Pierre Corey's favorite line of the whole, the whole video. But I got the whole thing on video. Yeah. And so there's no more plausible deniability. She can't say that she wasn't notified. <laughs> there's no way she could say that she wasn't offered the Israeli data. But the stunning thing is that she didn't want to see the Israeli data. The Israeli data proves that the vaccines are not as safe as what they've been telling us. This is devastating. Everybody should know this. But Dr. Grace Lee doesn't want to see the safety data that would go against the narrative. They don't want to see it. Just like, you know, if uh, there's this great book out. It's called um, uh, Turtles All the Way Down. Uh, and it says vaccines. And, um, yeah. it, you know, it's look, don't look for the popular uh, novel, right? There's a there's a novel, but this one is is kind of a a it says it has vaccines in the title, mm. and uh, so not to be confused with the other book by the same name. Uh, so it's turtles all the way down. It says vaccine safety and um, you know ex- exploding the vaccine safety myth, whatever. And I tried to get one of my I, I have a friend who's in the uh, uh, advocate for nuclear power because he says look the science supports nuclear power if you actually 
put away your belief system that nuclear power is bad and you know you can have these uh, you know the china syndrome effects um once you get back that you look at the, at the at the science it's, it there's really strong science so i said this guy okay this guy's clearly um can put aside his belief system and look at the science mm-hmm. so i said hey could you check out this book turtles all the way down and i'll send you a free copy and he said sure no problem uh, and I said, I just need 20 minutes. Just, just look at it for 20 minutes. He calls me back two minutes later saying, Hey, I I've gotten all, I've gotten five vaccine shots. Vaccines are good for people. You know, vaccines have saved millions of lives and this book is anti-vaccine. I'm not going to read it. Wow. So this is what you're, what you're up against. At least he was honest enough to me to, to tell me why he wouldn't read it. But you see, the data doesn't matter. That's the, 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 that's the book there, which is on your Substack. People can find it in your Substack. So, yeah. Yes, yeah, vaccine science and meth. Yeah, wow, great, great book. I mean, you only have to read the preface, which it's called the forward in this case by Mary Holland, and once you read the uh, the preface, you're probably convinced by that. But if not, read the first chapter, hmm. and if not. Read the start of the sep- second chapter, but sooner or later, like anybody with a working brain, is go- who is actually open to looking at the data, you know. And this thing is like thoroughly documented. They made really sure to make sure that everything was backed up by uh, studies and mm-hmm. documents in the peer-reviewed literature, and very solid backup for all of this manufacturers' uh, uh, documents. And so every statement there is fully documented and it's devastating. It basically shows that all the vaccines on the childhood schedule were never tested against true placebos. Wow. (laughs) Wow. You know, and so they can hide the safety signals by basically never comparing against a placebo. And then when they use a comparison group, they compare it with earlier versions of the same vaccine. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> or they compare it with other dangerous vaccines. So, hey, against the placebo, the placebo, this thing looks safe, right? Oh, you know, same, fewer people died in who took the drug. Of course, because the placebo is so dangerous. <laughs> mm-hmm. wow. can, can, I, can I ask you, because I want to get into some, you mentioned these really did, it's all up on the website. There's been, in Canada, you put up information just come out. But for you personally, I mean, all of us are taught to respect the institutions, to trust the government departments and officials, and they want what's best for us. Certainly in the West, different maybe if you're from a communist country, maybe growing up in Eastern Europe under communism, but certainly in the West. Um, and we've all had to reevaluate that, that over there, the FDR, CDC, actually, there's something amiss here. Um, tell us about kind of how you've looked at that, because you've had to reevaluate that just like all of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the CDC is actually gives you really good advice. If you listen to what they say and you do the opposite, <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it, it, that was like almost perfect until just recently. Yeah. Now, recently they said, hey, you should treat vaccinated people like unvaccinated people. <laughs> That's like, whoa, whoa, they actually said something that was true. But, but up until that point, yeah. they, everything that they've said 
you're you are better off if you did the opposite. So it's it's quite a you know don't don't take ivermectin. Uh, you know early treatments don't work. The vaccine is the only way. Make sure you get you know all your doses of the vaccine. I mean all of these things. Social mass work. I mean all these things are crazy. There's no science that they won't be challenged uh, on any of this. And look, it's so bad right now that Paul Offit, who's on the FDA committee, he's one of the most respected, if not the most respected vaccinologist in the entire world. He's not taking the latest booster. Paul Offit isn't taking the latest booster. Hello, world. You know, you can listen to the FDA and CDC all you want, but the fact that Paul Offit is not taking the latest booster, man, that should be that should be front page news. So he's you know, not an official anti-vaxxer, as you said on your on your Substack. He he is now an official anti-vaxxer. Welcome to the club, Paul. Could I? You, you and he's me. right. He's yeah. he's he's, uh, he's right about this. I can't can't fault his his logic. Now he's wrong about the earlier doses, but he at least he's finally gotten the message that there's no data here showing that these vaccines are more beneficial than they are harmful. And in fact, the data shows the reverse. There was a recent paper published by authors from Harvard, Johns Hopkins, and UCSF. Doesn't get any better than that. Mm -hmm. And it says it's immoral to give these shots to young people, like students at universities. And they listed like five reasons. And because it's not published in the peer-reviewed literature yet, people can ignore it. Mm. They'll say, oh, hasn't been peer-reviewed. Give me a break. Vinay Prasad has his name on that paper. If there was a problem with the paper, Vinay Prasad wouldn't have his name on it. I trust Vinay Prasad. He is a smart guy. Mm. He still thinks the vaccines are... Are, are helpful to some people. But the fact that you have Vinay Prasad on a paper, that should, you know, that thing, if it doesn't pass peer review, which it may not because the peer reviewed system is kind of broken, but it's a credible paper. You can't ignore that paper. And it basically says, look, the side effects are like nine up to 98 times greater than the benefits you know, then the side effects, uh, you know, for the placebo and you know, the benefits aren't there. The risk is much higher than the benefits. Why are we doing this? This makes no sense. You have to, ha you have to show the opposite. Yeah. You have to show the opposite to, to mandate a vaccine. You have to show the opposite and we're not even close. The data is the other way around. And, you know, do you see any university saying, Whoa, just saw the paper going to revise the guidelines now that the science shows that it's bad. No, they're not changing what they're doing. The only the, the the closest we have is Houston Method has just announced that they're dropping the vaccine mandate for physicians. That the physicians do not have to get the latest booster. You know, and these are the guys that required boosters up. You know, all of vaccines up until now, and now they're they dropped the requirement. 
So Methodists dropped the requirement. You have Paul Offit saying he's not going to get the latest booster. Wow. It, it was the narrative that, is falling apart. It, it was that the 12th of September article, you reposted mm-hmm. it, being Gateway Pundit elsewhere, but it was scientists from Harvard and John Hopkins found COVID-19 vaccines 98 times worse than the virus. Now, John, in the UK, we're, we're probably unfamiliar with John Hopkins University. Then, during all the lockdown, we heard it probably every day that this, the data from John Hopkins, this is a trusted institution. So why is this data not being trumpeted just like it was previously? Because against their nerve. It would make the, you know, people would have to backpedal. Mm. You know, it looks bad. It <clears throat> says, well, we, we goofed. And people don't like to say that we goofed and we gave you a vaccine, which was more likely to harm you than to make you healthy. Mm. And so you shouldn't ever trust us again. So nobody wants to say that. So they're going to keep it hidden. It's just like with autism. You know, they've kept the link between vaccines and autism hidden even when, even after there was a whistleblower at the CDC, William Thompson, who admitted, uh, and he's, he's on tape admitting that the CDC instructed the staff to destroy all data linking the vaccines with autism. What kind of an institution would do that that is not corrupt? Hmm. And so... But to this day, people believe that there's no link between vaccines and autism because they've done such a great job of covering it up. In fact, these guys do do cover-ups and mind control better than they do science. The CDC should be, you know, forget the science. They're superb at mind control, making people believe stuff that doesn't exist, like masks, for example. There's no science showing that masks work. There's, there's the, 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 the Bangladesh study. The, 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 you know, I'm going to have to, to make a note here to, uh, sorry. Um, um, I can now talk about this. There is a, um, a deposition of Sarah Cody. She's the uh, public health official in Santa Clara County, mm. which is a big, you know, this is where high tech is, right? So she cr- created this mandate. You have to wear masks. And like, and of course, vaccines and, you know, for public health work for, uh, you know, various workers in the county. And so they tried to find one of these, one of the churches that said, we're not going to comply with the mask mandate for $3 million, $3 million for, for not wearing masks. Now, what are the benefits? I mean, look at how the county was damaged. Yeah. There, there's absolutely no benefit at all. I mean, <clears throat> I asked people. Hey, what did you do to avoid getting COVID? What, you know, if you didn't get COVID, what was your technique? Mm. Not a single person said, oh, yeah, we're masked continuously. You know, I was I'm like, that's not one of the techniques anybody uses. But there's no science behind it. There's a Bangladesh study. Mm. And the Bangladesh study was a cluster randomized. And they had 60 villages. Cluster randomization of 60 villages, you have to have a really big signal yeah. to get statistical significance. They didn't. They had no signal at all. They had zero signal. And they concluded that masks work. Uh, and, and, and like, we skewered them. I mean, we got the first author of the paper on video, a two-hour interview. 
Mm. He's destroyed. Anybody who looks at that video would say that this guy was destroyed after the, after the two hours. In fact, he was destroyed after the first hour. But then, mathematician uh, in the UK, uh, Norman Fenton, writes Science, which is the journal that the paper was published mm-hmm. in, and says, hey, you know, look, you should do one of two things. Either retract the paper yep. or, you know, fix it. They ignored him. Science ignored Professor Fenton. And he's right. The reason they ignored him is because they can't scientifically argue Mm. against him. So they have to ignore him and pretend like they never got his message. Because there's no out. And (laughs) this would destroy this paper that everybody was relying on to show that masks work. Masks, the paper actually showed the opposite. Hmm. That's the troubling thing. The paper actually showed that this that if there is a signal for masks, it is too small hmm. for us to see. Wow. <laughs> like even with hundreds of thousands of people, it was too small for us to see. In fact, one one of the colored masks, I think it was the purple uh, mass, purple cloth mass, zero. It was identical to the placebo group. But what they did is they wouldn't put that figure Hmm. into the paper. You had to get the original data set, which they were nice enough to publish on GitHub. So we downloaded the original data and we saw, wow, the graph for the purple mass is identical to the people who didn't wear a mask at all. Wow. Wow. Doesn't get out though. Nobody knows that, right? Except if you read my Substack. One one other thing, just very recently you put in Substack, and it's interesting to see country by country data coming out and how they respond, which is in the same way they put their head in the sand. Um, and this was on the 17th of September, a new report prepared for the Liberal Party of Canada this is Trudeau's party, shows that the vaccines have no benefit for those under 60. Like, well, that should change everything. And yet I assume they will, Canada being one of the the, the worst countries for, uh, I guess, COVID chaos and, and lockdowns, they will just continue. You, uh, I, I would assume that you would assume in a normal world, Trudeau would be reading this and we have to scrap everything. All the mandates scrap them. But yet it's just no change, no benefit, and yet no change. Yeah. The the, the paper looked at uh, basically uh, for people under 60. Uh, it had enough data for that, so it didn't make a conclusion for people over 60. Mm. Um, and the conclusion was that there wasn't a benefit for lower infections. There wasn't a benefit for hospitalizations. And there wasn't a benefit for death. Now, I ask you, Peter, if it doesn't work in Canada, why should it work in the United States? See, that's what I can't figure out. <laughs> wow. We, we of course, the <clears throat> same thing. Why is it dangerous in Israel? Mm. But why wouldn't it be dangerous in the United States? Is there something different? No, nobody wants to look at the Israeli data. I mean, it's so crazy, right? So, so this report in Canada, mm. <laughs> Trudeau's not going to, like, pay attention to that even though it's done by top scientists with impeccable credentials. He's basically going to ignore it because 
That's not the way science works in 2022. Science is all about listening to the politicians mm. and doing what the politicians want and never speaking out against what the politicians want to do. But That's in, how it works. That's how science works now. In, and, and, and make sure you don't read any scientific data that would <laughs> cause you to change your mind. Just don't read it. Don't look at it. You don't want to look at it. That's bad stuff. That's like my, 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 my 14 members of the Scientific Advisory Board who quit. Don't want to look at any of the data. Don't want to confront it. Don't even want to discuss it. Don't want to even consider the possibility that we might be wrong. We don't want to look at it. In, in Canada, it was no benefit. That's, that's one issue. Uh, maybe the argument is, well, we'll keep doing it. If there's no benefit, it, it may be later on. But the Israeli data is, again, something completely different, looking at actually adverse effect, adverse reactions. Um, and again, that was probably earlier in September. You found out they were too busy to actually release the data. Um, oh, no, 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 no. It was a... They said to the scientists, because the scientists said, hey, look, we told you in March mm. that this that the vaccines were dangerous and you didn't tell the people. They said, no, we had budget staffing problems. <laughs> budget staffing. Uh, so I offered, I, I, I made a public offer to say, hey, just give it to me and I'll publish it. Problem solved. And I'll do that at no charge and you won't have to hire any additional staff people. Mm. Just trying to help out. Wow, but but that that did was yeah it was it's having effect. Where will this go? Because on that you had a screenshot, and one of the people on that video talked about having a guilty conscience uh, for not speaking up. Um, I'm wondering how many others are in that same situation of having a guilty conscience. I, there could be tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions. Um, kind of what are your your thoughts on that? Again, it's one thing to cover up something that says there's no benefit, but another thing to cover up something that says this could be killing people. We need to do something. And you just keep silent. You go home that evening, you have your dinner and turn on the TV and you ignore the information you have that will save lives. Yeah, they're more interested in saving their careers hmm. than in saving lives, clearly. Hmm. Tell right? me about... Tell me about that. You, the as you've spoken on this, this is not an area or a world you expected. You've simply looked at the data and said, "I need to speak on this." I'm seeing trends. I'm seeing patterns. I'm seeing information. I need to put this out. T tell us kind of about that journey for you over the last, uh, well, over the last year and a half, maybe. How long has it been? Well, it's been since May of 2021. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's been well over a year. And uh, so you know, at first I thought, oh, these people just don't have the information. And then it was, oh, they have the information now because I've given it to them, but they just don't believe me. So maybe if more people provide them with uh, information. So, hey, over 1,200 papers published in the peer-reviewed journals later, people still think it's safe and effective. And you look at the votes. All you have to do is look at the votes on the outside committees of the CDC and FDA, and and you can see where the um, what the perception is. And you know these guys are basically a captive audience, and so because they approved it, 
everybody in the medical community says, hey, <laughs> outside committee approved it overwhelmingly. And they take the time and the hours to look at all the data. So it must be safe hmm. because otherwise they wouldn't have approved it. And so, you know, how could you not trust these 21 people who are on these committees who are, you know, unbiased and have no conflicts of interest, right? Um, how could you not trust those people because they said it's good? And they're the experts. They they look at all the data. So how could anyone who is with lesser lesser credentials evaluate? The, if, if, if there are people with lesser credentials that evaluate the data and say, say the, the vaccines are unsafe, those people must be wrong. And so that's how the logic goes, right? The outside committees uh, approved it. Got to be good. And so the people in the medical community are trained to say, oh, uh, randomized trial didn't show any problems. <laughs> of course, they're, <laughs> they're cleverly game to, to do that. And uh, outside committee approved it. So must be must be good. Uh, you know, I, I have a neurologist friend. And uh, she has 20,000 patients in her practice. It's a multi-physician practice. And in 11 years, they've never had to report any adverse events to the VAERS system. This year, it's 1,000. So how do you explain that? Like, how do you explain that one? I mean, there's no way. I mean, you can concoct all of the, oh, bad luck scenarios you want. You can't go from zero in 11 years to 1,000 this year and say, man, eh, she just got unlucky. Nah, it doesn't work that way. All the CDC had to do was make one phone call to my neurologist. Hmm. But you see, she won't speak to the CDC or the FDA because she doesn't want to lose her license. Hmm. Wow. I, I guess they just call it adult death syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, people yeah. Just, just, you know, they're standing up one, you know, and then they die. Just like that. Like on the Zoom call, there was a kid on a Zoom call. Yeah. Um, and I re remember reading the VARES report. It, mother checks on him like 20 minutes before he dies. He's perfectly normal. Hmm. She checks back 20 minutes later. And, and the kid's on a Zoom call. He's not doing sports. He's on a Zoom call. He's dead. Wow. wow. He had no uh, uh, comorbidities. Just died. But he was vaccinated. See, that's the thing. These, all these guys, yeah. all these people who are dying from this sudden adult death syndrome, as far as we know, are all vaccinated. Hmm. But you, you know, of course, they never mention it because you don't want to like cause vaccine hesitancy or anything. Don't and of course, and of course, the push for children. Uh, I, I guess it depends where you live. You're, uh, I guess, in in California, it's maybe uh, not certainly not as good as maybe in a different state. But is it state by state where those mandates are effective for education for children? How, what is it like at the moment? 
Uh, what it's like at the moment is we have a state legislature that keeps on trying to silence physician. They want to make it easy for 12-year-olds to decide whether they want to get the vaccines or not. Hmm. Like a 12-year-old is going to be more qualified to decide than their parents or Paul Offit. Paul Offit decides not to get the booster. Now, I don't think I can go to a 12-year-old in California and ask them and get maybe similar reason to Dr. Offit. Uh, They wouldn't know. So why would we want to give them the ability to make their healthcare decision for themselves and override their parents? Like, I don't get that. Like, I mean, and I asked, I called up, I called up the legislator's office uh, sponsoring this. And I said, hey, would love to talk to a 12-year-old that can have an intelligent discussion with me on vaccine safety. Because clearly, there must be a lot of 12-year-olds in California who are familiar enough with the safety data and the efficacy data to have an intelligent decision and make a, um, or sorry, uh, have an intelligent discussion and who can make a life and death decision for themselves because that's what it amounts to. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Can you, you couldn't find that 12 year old. You've, um, you've gone, looked at the data. You've, you've put it out there. Um, I, I guess at some point you move from, this is the information to the why question. Um, what's, kind of behind this and why does a change in information or data not suddenly put a block and it can't simply be about money so how have you kind of no. rationalized that in your head the why question yeah well i i am actually writing a substack on this right now which will be published before your video gets out oh. um and it basically <clears throat> it, the this this doctor that i talked to has been trying to push this um not his colleagues this information uh, for over a year now, and I said, "What's what's the deal here? How come how they're how are they resisting? I mean, you're a doctor, you're one of their peers, and yet you're giving them medical information, you're giving them facts and evidence. How are they disputing that? Like, why are they turning the other way? I mean, you know, they could say I'm an evil anti-vaxxer, but you're a doctor, <laughs> you're a peer of 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 theirs. Why are they ignoring you?" And he wrote back. He said, "About the vaccine itself, it's a prideful." egoic thing now for many and unwillingness to face their cognitive dissonance, AKA denial. Hmm. There you go. It's, it's no more complicated than that. They, people don't, don't like to admit they were wrong. So they won't look at the data. It's, it's stunning. Even when they're doctors. You've also looked at, I think there was a, an article um, again, it was sometime earlier in the month on, but vaccines are taking an average of, of five months to kill people. Um, you, uh, We've interviewed John O'Looney before a few times, and you put up a clip of him, the funeral director. Um, I mean, the again, the, the, the data is out there that it's not necessarily happening immediately, that it takes that time. Um, yeah, so some, there are two time constants. They're, the It's almost like there are two two. Um, when you get injected with the vaccines, there are two ticking time bombs. Mm. One could go off, <clears throat> and one could go off pretty quickly, you know, the myocarditis time bomb. And the other one is a sudden death time bomb. And that could take 
that can take months with the average being five months. Now, what's interesting is that I heard of a case where a child, where a bunch of kids lost both parents and both parents died four and a half months after they got their last shot. So if it were a shorter period of time, both parents dying, uh, which is a very rare event, both parents dying four and a half months after the shot would be unusual. But see, now it's, it's actually the most likely scenario that if you lost both parents, chances are both of them were, you know, more often than not, both of them will be somewhere around five months uh, from their last vaccine. That should tell us something. Um, and doctors are just close their eyes to this. Uh, what is happening in front of them? Yeah. Yep. They look because they don't, they're not even tracking it. <clears throat> they're not looking at, oh, yeah, I'm getting like 10 times the number of heart attacks this month, you know, or it's up by 25% or, you know, whatever it is. And the stunning thing is that uh, Retzef Levy did a study in Israel and he got the ambulance data from uh, January through June of 2021. And they found that there was a, a 25% increase. Now, that's not where the money is. You know, the the real thing is in September. Hmm. of, And so they went back and they tried to get the data after June. And they were denied the data. Wow. Now, why would you deny the data hmm. to show that the vaccines are safe and effective? It's like, it's like the... Uh, uh, the pregnancy data. There was a pregnancy study, very famous one from CDC authors, and it's published in uh, 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 like, oh, oh, well, more than a year ago in the New England Journal of Medicine. And it said that, <clears throat> hey, no problems here. You know, we're, we're um, but the pregnancies hadn't been completed. Did they ever publish? The final results? No. Why would they not, Peter, why would they not publish the final results if the final results show, hey, no problems. In fact, hmm. the women who got the shot actually had a lower miscarriage rate and had healthier babies than women who didn't get the shot. Why didn't they publish that? Because, I wonder why. I can't figure that out. This is CDC. They want to publish data showing the vaccines are safe and effective. Why didn't they publish the final results? We, we, you know, we don't know. And, and I can't get any of them on the phone to ask them that question. It's funny. They just, the press office is just too busy to, uh, uh, to return any of my emails or calls. Just, they don't want to talk to me. For some and reason, I can't, can't figure it out. <laughs> no, uh, and of course, the media is silent. I know of journalists I've talked to who've lost their jobs immediately uh, whenever they have highlighted what they are finding. Um, immediately, they get their P45 and they're out of a job. What a coincidence. Yeah, yeah. That's just, that, that's just coincidence. That's like getting your vaccine 
and dying within 24 hours. Like I have a doctor friend who one of his workers, 21 years old, he got the shot and he's, he's dead less than 24 hours later. He died in his sleep. The guy is perfectly healthy. And he said, healthy young kids with no comorbidities never die in their sleep. Hmm. And this guy coincidentally died less than 24 hours after he got the shot. Can't figure it out. And look, I have a small circle of doctors that, that will talk to me. You know, it's not like I had a cherry pick for this data. It's like, you know, I just got like a really a handful of doctors that I talked to. <laughs> wow. You can't make this stuff up. Steve, I really appreciate your time. I've certainly uh, found myself being really educated by what you're you're putting up. Um, as I said, for viewers, listeners, your own getter, but also on Substack, people can go there and obviously they can go on the, the paid version. So just tell me about that as we finish. Uh, sure. I mean, people can uh, get all this. I've written over 700 articles. People can go in, choose what you want to read. You don't even have to read the headlines for all the articles. You can just go in and scroll down and see what article is interesting. Click on it. It's completely free. Stevekirsch.substack.com. And uh, if you want to help support my work, uh, and help support things like Defeat the Mandates Rally and the advertising that we do and all that. That all costs money. And so I'm very appreciative for uh, people who uh, who donate because that defrays the costs uh, of doing all this work. And it's expensive. We, you know, we, we pay a staff because people have to eat. And uh, so uh, if, if you can afford $5 a month, or $50 a year, uh, become a paid subscriber and and help us out. Okay, well, I think that's a perfect way to leave it. That's a way that people can support what others are doing and the work you're doing is phenomenal. And one way they can support you is by signing up and paying for that Substack. Um, and all the links are in the description for our viewers and listeners. You can just click on uh, the Getter the Substack link and you can get everything there. Steve, Thank you once again for your time. Fascinating to have you on. I know you're busy, so thank you for giving us your time. If you like what we do, sign up to our mailing list. Donate, share, and subscribe to our many platforms at heartsofoak.org. Thank you for listening.